Yes, today we have Dan here, an old military, but, military mate, comrade, oppo, <laughs> commando, fellow commando and all this stuff. And I uh, haven't seen him in 13 years. And it's, what is it, for my last tour. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to catch up and see what he's been up to and hear about his journey. So nice to have you here today, Dan. And you do. Thanks for coming down. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's been like... 2010, like, mate. Yeah. It has. I never actually asked you, why did you join the Armour? I was at Freshers' Fair at uni. Yeah. And a guy I knew was in Marines' uniform come up to me and was like, do you still run down? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, mate, you would love the Marines. And that was literally it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't, you know what? So I ended up going to train him yeah. that week. And then I was like, shit, I get paid for this. <laughs> I see you and it was a bit of a no-brainer. Were you in uni then at that yeah. time? Okay. Where did you study in uni? Geography. Yeah, I, it was a complete accident. Why you study geography? No, going in the Marines. Oh, okay. Alright. Right. Just literally circumstance. Walking through Freshers Fair. Not particularly... I, I looked at joining the athletics club mm -hmm. and didn't really get on with anyone. And then I saw... What uni did you go to? Portsmouth. For me, it was... I was standing up in Brixton on front line with my cousins and a bunch of other drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just got out of jail. This is how it is in South London, you see. Somebody just got out of jail and some were talking about how they're shooting guns on the weekend and throwing grenades. Yeah. I was thinking, what? That sounds right. Yeah. So I thought for once I'm listening to, paying attention to their stories. It's not about kidnapping and robbing other people and all that. And they, it turned out they talked about, their, I called my cousins coming over and said, what's the new you got talking about? He said, no, we're talking about doing the army. I said, what army? He said, yeah, we did the assault course and all this, and they let us throw grenades and shoot. And I thought, if this uneducated dog can do stuff, <laughs> they always told me as a boss, as a, as a crew, um, I can do it. So I said, well, take, take me to this place. He took me to TA and I never looked back. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like that. What was your first impression when you when you joined when you came into the Armour Centre? I went to Portsmouth first and it's pretty small, there wasn't that many guys there. It was a bit of a shock, to be honest. Okay. How so? I think being spoke to in that way <laughs> you never really happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> and I think going from, I had a good school life, did a lot of sport, got on with everyone, teachers, everything. For me, going through school was an absolute breeze. And then all of a sudden, I'm in a massively different environment, getting shouted at thinking, what's going 
I didn't mind it. It was just a shock. So you just I quite adapt. quickly adapted. Yeah. yeah, adapt and overcome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when did you decide this is for you? I wouldn't say it ever was for me. <laughs> but you so stayed though. You I stayed did stay. You, you saw it through, you went further than yeah. I went. Yeah. I see it now as an amazing experience and I learned a lot. But to me that was just a small section of my life that has then led on to greater and better things. To me, mm -hmm. I never ever saw it as a career. Would you change, knowing what you know now, would you change anything? Nothing. Okay. okay. So you're happy you did it? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Okay. I'm glad I didn't stay. I'm glad I did it. And I'm also glad the route I did it. Mm -hmm. I personally have zero regrets. Okay. So you decided you're gonna start doing you're gonna be committed. Yeah. Was it actually a conscious decision to be committed or was it just where I'm going here? So what to the to the RMR. to the Marines, yeah. to the RMR. Yeah. I think I did always and still relatively competitive and I think when I got there and they start talking about getting your green lid and how much of an achievement it is, I was like, well, obviously, I'm not going to wrap my pits in or give up. I'm going to see it all the way through. And that was like the first step. And then obviously things progressed from there. Okay. But, yeah, it didn't take, in my eyes, from the moment I went there, got kind of the briefing, understood what was going on, there was no point I was ever going to give up. So as Americans say, you're not a quitter. I'd say I'm not a quitter, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that it was easy, because there was plenty of times where it was hard. But you... there's no point where I was like, oh, God, I should quit. That motivation... Even at war. Yeah, that motivation... <laughs> we get to that. That, that, motivation, yeah. that motivation that you just thought, I'm going to do this. Even when it got... Whether it's mundane, whether it's difficult, because obviously you've got cold and wet. You know, no, no, plenty of times, yeah. yeah. Um, just to brief people on, RMR is an acronym for Royal Marines Reserves. It basically means you're part-time in the Marines, so you're allowed to have a silly job. But if they do want you to go to war, they call you up and off you go like anything else. So that's what Dan and I have in common here. So how and we went through training together. Yeah. How did you... How did you um, motivate yourself? That mental strength. That... Back then, I don't. I didn't need. I I can't. I didn't really need any motivation. I think the only motivation I needed was to continue to be fit and to learn new stuff. And I was learning new stuff all the time. I I'd, I'd never done anything with the military before I went. Before I started, I was never a cadet had nothing to do with the military. So to me, it was all brand new. For most guys that we were in training with, a lot of them were in the cadets before, they knew a lot of the basics. Uh, for me, it was literally fresh out of the box. Mm. Yeah. And I think the learning 
and then staying fit and changing the type of fitness I was doing compared to what I was when I was younger kept me mm. motivated. Yeah, I see what you mean because I had done a tour already with the army. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. it was a bootnet tour. That's yeah, so you met the bootnet. So. Yeah, yeah. So, and I before I'd done that tour, I realised that I didn't want to be with the army anymore because they weren't. <laughs> No disrespect to the army people out there, no disrespect, but um, yeah, you will hear my story more in detail later on another time, but yeah. <laughs> what the best, what's the hardest thing, what's the most interesting thing about training? Physically, at the beginning I struggled carrying weight and running because mm. I was a really good runner mm -hmm. and to then put weight on me and boots <laughs> really I had to dig into my deep into my brain to sort that out once I got it I was strong and you know decent by the end but at the beginning that was a killer because I was such a fleet free sorry free flowing runner before mm -hmm. like who ran i you know raced at quite a high level to then be like way down was but mm. i found that super difficult yeah, and then um, mentally i was always pretty strong mentally hence i was never going to give up but just dealing with there was a lot of learning dealing with different types of guys that I've never been around before with their all individual needs and personalities and clashing and um, mm. and I think learning all that side of it was great but that was also quite a challenge at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because you and those golden bullets mm. were race, racers, isn't it? Racing snakes. Yeah, racing snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So, when did you, some guys decided, they, they never had it in them to do the whole nine yards, as in go on tour and mm. all of that. Did you have in your mind that you was going to go on tour? Yeah, straight away. From when I joined, doing the training, I thought, right, I'll get my green lid, I'm obviously going to get it. And then I was like, Afghan was going on already. I was like, well, obviously, right, obviously, I'm going to do the job that I've now trained to do. That, that was that was goal. That was the goal, and that was it. <laughs> well, but I never, I was never a career soldier or anything like that. I was mm. literally there to do that, mm. go to Afghan and see how it goes from there. See how I was feeling. Did you have family from the military? Yeah, my. I'd never met them. They all died before I was born. My grandma's dad and brother were both SAS. Um, yeah. So there was a bit of pedigree before. You had ninja blood in you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but they. Uh, yeah, but the, that was never part of my life, and there's no. During my whole growing up, 
I, you know, I don't even think I've met anyone in the military. Okay. Like the whole, my whole youth. I don't think I. I only met somebody in the military on Open Day one time. Either yeah, I never, even, I never even went and to. They, they wore the Ollie. He wore an Ollie yeah. uniform at times. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't. I just wasn't surrounded by anything to do with the military. Even at school, no teachers were ex-military. Just nothing. Didn't know, I didn't have any friends whose parents were in the military. Or, so to me, it was I was always interested. Mm. Um, I was always down the woods, playing, doing all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was never really. Mm. Um, when did you start to feel like you were a Marine in training? And you thought like, this is what it's all about. Phase two. When you start doing tactical stuff. When you're actually doing soldiering. <laughs> when I was like, oh, I'm actually doing something that's seemed like progressive that you then move on to actually doing real soldiering. I think that was, yeah, so the second half of training. Then I was like, oh, actually, we're doing tactical stuff. And that's when I switched on a lot more. The admin and with phase one was important but I wasn't really into it when we got to the tactical stuff I got stronger I was fitter I could do everything and I could see a reason we were doing it do you think they could have made it better in any way or was it good <laughs> what the what the, the RR? yeah the training course if you I think there's a million ways I could have made it better okay give us a, tell us tell I us think I I honestly went to war with minimal training I feel like on weapon systems um, live firing I did I did a bit with the military with full time before we went mm -hmm. but that was minimal because I was put in MT when I got there I just got put in the fighting <laughs> unit just before we went yeah. to Afghan mm -hmm. so my actual exposure I did I did. I ticked all the boxes to be there. It wasn't. That was like the bare minimum, I'd say. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. It was de definitely the bare minimum amount of training that we got <laughs> to them being fear. I wonder. Yeah. I suppose I'm thinking the regular guys. I wonder if they um, would have looked at it like that because a lot of them. Are just yeah, they might like, have thought the same thing. Yeah. I'm just looking at it from yeah. our perspective. No, I mean, I mean not for us. No, the regular no. guys. A lot of the regular guys that came from straight out of training mm. and were just feeling. Oh yeah, straight feel, in, yeah. Feeling the thing, yeah, uh, all of that. So that was interesting. So. But I saw my. I I feel like I saw myself off a bit <laughs> when we went to a regular unit because I was quite good at mechanics and I was quite a handy person. I worked really hard. There was not like. So when I turned up at something, the boss was like, oh, keep this guy. Because <laughs> he's worked, like, yeah. I never slacked. I was always happy to be working. I wanted to be doing stuff all the time. Did how come the boss lose you then to the front line? Uh, because they needed more lads in the fighting troops. I always knew I was going to end up in the fighting troop. It mm. made sense. But... They liked your attitude. 
I think so. Yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. And if you're working for the boss, the boss is the officer, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so if you're working for the officer, <laughs> you're going to get brownie points straight away. If he likes you, if he didn't like you, then you get told off in public like me. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I, sometimes <laughs> I don't even know what I did. What did I do? What did I do this time? <laughs> <It's energy. laughs> but such is life, such is life. I think uh, back then, I was a prick, I, you know, I did, if I was asked to do stuff, I did it. Mm. When, when, not in theatre, that was different, mm. when it was like life or death, that's a completely separate thing, but when it was work, I was quite happy just to work mm -hmm. and get on with it. How did not, you not play the game, as the lads would say. Mm. Yeah, how did you find chilling with the other guys? Um, I mean, to be honest, I think I got on with pretty much everyone really well. Um, especially at the unit. I feel like, um, yeah, pretty, pretty much, I made friends with pretty much most people I cross paths with across the hierarchy as well, I'd say. Um, That's good. In, and I would actually say that even that even went beyond with theatre and then stuff afterwards. I'd say I got on, in general, pretty much with everyone. There's a couple of people I just didn't get on with, but that was quite rare for me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, what are your thoughts like? <laughs> I had people who I didn't like, but I think I had people who were annoying. <laughs> yeah. Now, just to That's let what you, I asked just, you just, earlier. Just, just to let everybody know, <laughs> there's an age difference between Dan and I, and believe you it or not, believe it. I'm ten years younger than. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like eleven years older than Dan. So Dan did his the passing out of the commando course. He's nineteen, which is a great age to do it. I did it when I was like thirty-two. And there's a big difference. Um, and my body had already been handled so I'd been on tour. So you're thrown in with a lot of, what's the average age is like 19, 20, 20, yeah, 21. 21. So you imagine you're, it's like you're a grown man. Was I even? No, I was 32. When, when you went on tour, what age were you? you was in, I was 22. Yeah, so I was older. I think. I, yeah. Uh, no, I must have been 23. Yeah. So what my point is, why I ask this, is that some of the people were my son's age. So it's like you're going to war with your <laughs> But you're going to be in the bedroom, share a bedroom with him for the next three months before you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it was quite frustrating at times. Yeah, Fart jokes, sending off, setting off the alarms. Uh, it's like I asked, you, in the it's like I asked yeah. you earlier. How mm. was it? Was it? Did it feel like you were just <laughs> surrounded by kids? Like, <laughs> yeah, it did. it did. When I think about it, it was even down. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> even down to belongings. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respecting other people's belongings or. Space. I I remember um, you driving us in your car, and I feel like I always tried to respect you and, un and understand you as best as I could at my young age. I remember someone slamming your car door and you being like, 
can you please not slam the car door? <laughs> and then be like, what have I done? What have I done? And I was like, just don't slam his door. <laughs> Is that when we get in cinema or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. yeah, forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> Which but, is fair. Yeah. And like, if, if someone did that and really slammed my car door, I'd be like, don't slam the door. Mm. It makes complete sense. It's just back then, these guys weren't really thinking about it, were yeah, they? Because, it, yeah, no, they don't own anything. Yeah, no, that, that was the, that's the thing. They didn't own anything. And they're given all these big equipment to use, yeah. like all those new Gucci vehicles. Like they, the minute you got all these, um, what's it, jackal? Yeah, jackal. Jackals, nice. It's like, it's like a beach buggy, but what ten times as big, and it can go over all this terrain. It's got the roll bars. You've got guns sticking out all over the place, and they just trash it. Yeah. They really put it through its paces, you know, bootleg proof, squatty proof, all that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All that kind of thing. So yeah. It, it's an, it's, it was an interesting experience. And then the corporals, the problem was for me, the corp, I'm older than the corporals, but the corporals are talking to me like I'm really like a yeah. teenager. And you're like, oh. But that happened on the first tour that I was on. The army yeah, tour. you're going to get that. Army, that's inherent the, of the military. Though. And then the, there's a row between one of the TA and the regulars. Mm because it was all a driving unit. And um, later on, someone, one of the regulars went to the corporals, listen, when you're talking to the RMR guys, remember they're not children. They've grown many yeah, families. they've got real jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to show you a They spot. might be earning four yeah. times as much yeah. as you. That, that, was, that was a mistake of mine because someone said something yeah. and I said, I mentioned about pay and oh, then mate, yeah. even the corporals got angry with me. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, who yeah. really did it like me, I can't remember his name, Scott, is it Scott? I don't know. I can't remember his name, blonde guy. And then the, he would try and pick me for everything, every and anything. Oh, but that's just my... So, <laughs> so, when you had to tell your loved ones that you're going on tour, mm. how, how did that go through? Oh, before we jump to there, we jump in. They're passing out the commando test, what was that like? If I'm being honest, <laughs> you probably know what I'm going to say. <laughs> By then, it was easy. The training was harder than the commando test at the end. So train hard, fight easy. Yeah. yeah. By then, yeah. even on for me, the by then the physical tests weren't mm -hmm. too too bad. Now the commando test is at the end of the marine training of 32 weeks. And it consisted of two weeks and was a, a squatted, booted run, press up pull ups, bottom field, which is an assault course. You've got the four miler, is it four miler? Eight mile okay. speed march. Eight mile speed march and 15 miles. No, eight mile speed march. Yeah. Endurance course. Yeah. Which is two miles through water tunnels, then six miles back. Yeah. Tarzan assault course, yep. which is like the high ropes and low bottom field put in together, then the 30 mile. Yeah. So that doesn't sound like anything the way Dan puts it. If you're 19, it's all fun and games. If you're in your I wasn't actually 19 then, because <laughs> training took ages. If you're in your 30s, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting experience, let's put it that way. You've really got to dig down deep. And 
Put it this way, you know what God you serve when you're trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, you're just calling on Jesus. Jesus Christ, God, <laughs> get me through this. Um, yeah. You've but done well, though. I was impressed. The tunnels. I was impressed, mate. It's a tunnel. You know who I was with? I was with Roberts. And who else was I with? There's another short. You know where I was, don't you? Were you with me in that? No, I, was, I, I went off first. <laughs> fast guys. Yeah. But I was with Roberts and Thing, and we was okay. And then we got to those little tunnels. Oh, yeah. They just run up. They run through there like dwarves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like... Like dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> I was just feeling big pieces of meat being carved out yeah. my knee pads. Just grab some more water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, you're, there's a big size difference, so. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're a big guy, I'm 5'9 at first. The salt course was uh, something. Yeah. We've got the monk, the. Not the monk above. What's that? Where you go along the ropes? Regain. Yeah, you do a little regain now. I went before Kumi. Yeah, over the water. And I went after Kumi. Kumi was slow. He's scared. I don't know what was going on. And then they made me do it again. <laughs> oh, do you know, you know, on the, the is it the death slide? Yeah. You know, I nearly killed myself. Yeah, you didn't put it over the road. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're meant that to happened. That happened to a few. There's people. a long rope that goes. I don't know. It goes for ages, and it gets a zip line. You're meant to get a little piece, they give you a little piece of rope, put, dip it in a bottle of water, in a bucket of water, and you throw it over, and you just jump and slide down, and you go, like in the action movie. You've got all your weapon, your kit on and everything. Now, I, in my infinite wisdom, so I don't like heights, I went up there, and I forgot to put it over. So I was just holding this rope, and I was ready to jump. And how high would you say this is? It's like 30 foot. Yeah. And the corporal just tapped the other shoulder and said, hey, you might want to put it over the <laughs> rope. And I went, oh yeah, folks. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't just you, though. Like, you had, guys did that. I had to do it twice because Kumi... Yeah, got was, stuck. He got... He just... Yeah. Yeah, I've never... I've tried to contact Kumi again, but I've never... Never... Oh, he's, he's a good bloke. Yeah, he's a good... He helped me out. He was older than me as well. Mm. Yeah, he was strong. Yeah, yeah. And that was good. I gave him a pet talk on the 30 miler and then made him stay at the front. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we was in all in the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> so how did you feel when you passed out? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I remember being like, oh, I, I felt like I had achieved something. Yeah, uh, you had achieved something. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I definitely felt like I had gone through something harder than what I had ever done before, mm. for sure. I had run. You know, the last bit you had to run up the stairs to go over the bridge to go down the road. Yeah. Over the road. Yeah, that's on the yeah. There was one of the king's thing that just passed out. King squad. Yeah. yeah, and his whole family and his missus or sister was a baby and everything, and he saw me coming, and he told them. Get to the side! Get to the side! <laughs> and I went running down the stairs. I looked at the stairs. I said, don't look at it. And I looked down at the room. And I'm running past him. He goes, go on, Royal! 
God, Dad, get out of his way! <laughs> and I got to the top of the wind. <sighs> Grab the banister and start trying to run along. I was losing it, man. <laughs> it was a hard brother. You don't know how hard it was for me. But that encouraged no, me because his family, yeah, through, because he yeah. got his whole family, and then someone as I come down, this is what I like about the call. Some guy, I don't know who he was, he said, "You're running with me." He wasn't like he wasn't yeah, a just, DS. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, just yeah, a yeah. bootleg walker, and he used to stay with me. And I was just running. Yeah, I don't even know where I was going. Go yeah, so he was just running, running, running. Yeah. And he got and he goes, "Now you see the." With the marksman thing, you yeah. go and clean Go there. <sighs> I never knew. I don't. Up to now, I didn't know no who it was. But I said, yeah. that, that is something you don't get in the army. I would say that some somebody, one of the corps, just looking at you and seeing you're one of them, knows what test you're doing. It's your final test. And just saying, wherever I'm going, I'm not going, I'm helping this guy out. I had guys uh, who had been in the Corps a long time at the Portsmouth detachment who helped me, who I still talk to today, who are fantastic guys, who would would do anything for you. And when I, I remember in training getting help to no end, they would talk to me anytime, there was no, you know, they would do anything. When I was at war, they were sending me stuff all the time, helping me out. Mm. The bootneck ethos and guys treat each other is pretty decent mm. yeah it's, it's not everybody but yeah it is. no not everyone but, yeah, but the ones who there are some real it, great yeah. guys in there for sure mm. yeah. and some of the most interesting people i know were in were in the core how did you feel i say feel what was your thoughts when it came to knowing that you're going to go to afghan I was so um, like blinkered back then. I had like tunnel vision of what I wanted to do. So if I wanted to do something, that was what I was doing. Mm. Yeah, like so it. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Signing up, going. It wasn't really like bullshit. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. To me, it was just like the next step of what I needed to do. So I didn't overthink too much about it mm. which if that was now I would be thinking way more about what I was actually getting into is that because but then that could be because age. of age and life experience yeah exactly yeah. 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 that's why they recruit the young oh, makes complete sense because <laughs> <laughs> they got guys like me who are willing just to go yeah <laughs> but you know what's interesting and I always talk about this, why I'm a fan of national service. The knife crime age is exactly the same oh, as yes. the infantry in the Yeah, of course it is. So remember, in the military, infantry, they take you at 15 and 3 quarters from once you get the NI number. Yeah. And frontline units, it's like 21, age 21, which is not much is like... It? Yeah, it's not old. Think of, think oh, you meant, no, sorry, yeah, I get what you mean. <coughs> Excuse me, um, think of the infantry platoon. Think of back then, what was most people were 25? No, if that's the Lance Corporal. Yeah, most younger. people are younger, innit? Mm -hmm. They're not 18, 
They're not nineteen years, it's an early twenties yeah. average. If you see what I mean. Which tallies up with the knife crime age. Yeah, of course. And teenage pregnancy and juvenile Olympics age. Yeah, just young. Yeah, just no direction, no focus, no guidance. So yeah, in that respect. But yeah, what was I gonna say? How did your family take it that you were going away? I think it was hard for them, to be honest, but they've always let me do whatever I want to do. So if, 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 if I wanted to do it, that was it. They'll support me, they always have, and I just got on with it. But I think it was quite tough for them. Probably more tough for them when I got back. <laughs> uh, more so than when I was there, but I think also at the time, Especially the tour we went on mm. was quite kinetic, mm. and there was a lot in the news, and I don't think that helped. Yeah. The funny thing was for me when I got back and we got that coach. I remember my partner. She came up to me and she she goes, "I actually need the hug right now," and I was thinking. Where's the fun and games? My holiday's over. I'm gonna go back there and start in gunfire in the morning and evening. And all that. that was my mindset. It's like, mm, I'm not coming again. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it hadn't switched over. Yeah, it hadn't switched over to. Yeah, yeah. Remember, you are in some form of relationship. <laughs> I get what you're saying. But that's what that call. Do you remember the. Was it the RSM or something when he spoke to us and he said how when you go back, we're in um, Cyprus, when you go back, don't kick the dog, shout at the kids. Yeah, yeah, just chill. Yeah, spoon, be gentle with them, your wife, your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he's recognising all he said, these are all the problems that we've had and what they've worked out. And I'll never forget this the same time you spend on tour and training to go on tour is the same minimum amount of time it takes to get back to normal. Yeah. This is an understatement. Yeah, I think, <laughs> that might be, I think that might be an understatement. Depending on who it is. Yeah. And what you've And also, I, I, I don't think it's just depending on who it is. I also think it's what they've actually gone through, as in how many experiences were they actually involved in mm. because I think if you've had prolonged exposure say to traumatic events or fights or a lot your chances regardless of who you are your chances of not being able to cope or adapt when you get back are heightened by a lot mm. but then I might be biased <laughs> no, well, everybody's going to have their own point of view based on their own personal experience. Yeah. So what you're saying is totally right when you when you look at it like that. In that aspect. But family-wise, yeah, I think it might. I mean, I, I can't say because I'm not them. But it must must have been pretty difficult because we're all pretty close as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was your when you first landed in Afghan? <laughs> What was that like? So, <laughs> I remember flying in uh, 
do you mean to? Uh, both. You got Bastion. Yeah. So into Bastion, it was just like big base. I didn't. You know, it was a bit like what the fuck's going on here. It's a bit mad. And then flying into theatre, actually in. I remember flying over in the Chinook, and then we, you could, I could see the mud huts, the farm, you know, the farming. I remember turning to my mate when we got off and just going, "What the fuck are we doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> like, really? How long are we gonna be here for? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I think there's there's a. Yeah, we're in the wrong place, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and the guy I'm talking about is an intelligent guy who went to Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was just like, what? <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. That was our initial thought. Did you get that one bottle of water a day, either to you can drink it or wash in it? <laughs> did you, did your Russians get that back? <laughs> we, you didn't uh, even we, drink we, it or wash it, it's up to you. <laughs> well, there's people who don't understand how important water is. I've lived in countries where they cut off the power and society goes on like normal. But when water starts to get rationed, you see people losing their, yeah. losing their blood. Yeah, it's a bit different. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's true though. Some of the places I ended up in, mm. there ain't no washing. So how many how many men was in your fob? Uh, so I moved around loads of different places. Oh, is it? So you was in MT, and then they just dropped you here, dropped me there. No, no, no. I was at what you mean in. At 40? Yeah. No, so at 40 Commando, I was in MT mm -hmm. with you for a bit. Then I got moved to Charlie Company mm -hmm. into Seven Troop. Mm -hmm. And then I deployed with them. And that was a troop of, was it 24? I don't remember. I, don't I thought remember. we had 29 at one time. Okay, and then, but people were dying. 14, 15, 16. When I was on, I was sent on R&R oh, no, early. Yeah. And um, every day I turned on the news, somebody was dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. said, I'm not turning on the news anymore. Yeah. And I come back, I think it's like seven people are dead. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I wonder if Most of them from me. <laughs> no, it was in your. Oh, no, it's, no. In your uh, it's in my. Thing. Yeah, in Alpha. Is it Alpha? Yeah, you know, yeah. Is it Alpha? Yeah, yeah. Alpha. I can't remember. Yeah. So that was, yeah, someone lost the plot as well. Because when he got, some other guy got blown up, he was right next to it. So all the, yeah, that went over and he just, then they put him on sentry that night. Yeah, and he clever. just, he, he, <laughs> 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 he didn't go down too well. They had to call in the Chinook to come pick him up. Yeah. But that Chinook ride, Chinook being the helicopters with two propellers, that you see commonly on the news or military movies. Was the cargo bay open, the, the floor open with your feet hanging? Yeah, when we were coming. That, yeah, that, that's some experience, isn't it? Yeah, I went, I, 
to be fair, I've yeah, I went in a Huey, an Osprey, um, uh, fucking quite and a few they, And they're flying contour in the Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some nicer than others. I like the Chinooks. Yeah. The Osprey was one of the like worst experiences of my life. <laughs> because it falls out the sky a lot, isn't it? Yeah, and also the Americans were just flying in, like, not even tactically or whatever, just straight over the green zone, like, <laughs> just like, hi, <laughs> <laughs> comes an RPG. And we had a helicopter go down, we had a Blackhawk go down in our... In your compound? In in the FOB, yeah. In the FOB? Is it? So, so wait, that must have been burnt up everything then. No, no, it man, somehow the pilot pulled it away and went into the wadi, into the river. Oh, so yeah. it didn't... Because Pedro, Pedro six, six, It didn't um, blow up? Yeah, it blew up, yeah. So he died? Yeah, or everyone inside it, I think there was one survivor. Two was two. it relief coming for you lot? Uh, yeah, someone had been shot, yeah. It was coming in to evacuate him. But it was, yeah. The, the, my point was with the Osprey is that we had already had a helicopter shot down and this thing's just coming over like massive, nice and slow, like just a sitting duck. Do you think there's an element of arrogance with our American cousins? <laughs> it's not all of them, obviously. I'm I think they're fantastic. But I do have family in the American military, by the way. I think we're uh, very different. I think the British and the Americans are completely, completely different type of people. How so? Individually, um, I, I got on with guys uh, in the American Marines, uh, like, they're really nice guys, do anything for you. But as a collective, and from their hierarchy, with their, like, objectives and what they were expected to do, they were just like sitting ducks. And they would happily go out and do stuff that I would have said no, like and and gone fuck off, boss, or no chance I'm doing that. Whereas they wouldn't say anything; they would go out and literally do what they're told. So they're on the old imperialistic military, military, British military system still, because that's how the British military used to be. Used to be. I would say I saw definitely saw elements of that. And, you know, they would get, like, G'd up speeches from the hierarchy. Yeah, I remember that corporal with all, the sergeant with all the scars over yeah. his face. There is... Yeah, You've got to be prepared to die! Yeah, yeah you are. Are you ready there's, to die? There's nothing more patriotic than dying for your country. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, getting spoken to like that and then thinking they're invincible going out and literally losing, you know, five blokes in one... Yeah, it's the, the over, it's the, over again. It's the extended line stuff they do across the, the compounds. Yeah, yeah. It's not the. Point. I, I was the point man in that area when they came, and I told them. I sat down in their briefings, told them where all the bombs were, like where I roughly knew where they were, where I would avoid, and they just went straight through the lot, losing blokes day after day. Do you think if you was an American telling them, they would have paid attention? No, I think they, I 
think hierarchy wanted to do what they were going to do and no one's going to tell them any different. Uh, so the they hi- had their plan and their plan was what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then they started smashing down locals' houses. Do you remember? They decided yeah. to build a road and lo- knocking down people's houses. Yeah. I just don't think... I mean, the whole thing was ridiculous anyway. Personally, I, 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 I understand what I say. Mm. I mean, so it's ironic. They did all that, send all those forty-seven nations involved to catch like thirty people. Who well, were they just en- they just entered into something that they? I don't even think they meant to get that involved. I think they did. Mm. You know why? Big business. Yeah, it is big they, business. They, yeah, they, of course they make money. Yeah, yeah, selling yeah. them weapons. Yeah, yeah. They make money. Yeah. And yes, I could see I don't know. The way I look back at it, I the, we didn't we weren't doing any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. We were just mm-hmm. we were young guys out there having a scrap. Did yeah, that's true. Did and you that's literally what we were doing. Did you <laughs> see anybody who where you just thought you need to go home, you need a break? Yeah, 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 quite a few guys. I had a guy. Especially in, yeah, in my tree. I won't mention his name. <laughs> you don't really know him. And we were sitting down by this river, the um, Sangam River. You know they wash the motorbikes. Yeah. They wash the cars. The women are washing their clothes. The kids are playing and all that. Everything's going on in this river like it's <laughs> built for everything. And um, he just went, look at it. Look at it. I said, well, what's wrong with it? Just look at it. We should just kill them all now. <laughs> right? yeah, I was like, mate, it's women and children. He said, yeah, they all should just die. I said, you need R&R. Yeah, you and I don't mean like needs to not tomorrow. I mean like yesterday. <laughs> but he was very peaceful and loving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he went. Before he went, yeah. But things got too much for him mentally, yeah. I reckon. And he just... He just turned into the... It's, I understand why in Vietnam you had those situations where young guys just lost a plot and killed everybody in the village. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but I can understand how they got to that point. I didn't see it like that at all. Go on. I interacted as much as I could with the locals. Yeah. And I think they saved my life countless times. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. If you treat and I thought they were decent people, yeah, yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a guy that would put up a, you know, he would put up a marker so we knew when we were going to get attacked. The people were helping us out left, right, and centre. The kids wouldn't say it, but they would signal to me that there was something wrong. Then Scarper, <laughs> and the amount of times that that happened, I think I'll could pick up on the atmospherics pretty well. So you did your own personal hearts and minds to preserve you and your team. Really? Yeah. Which is the way to go. Really, yeah. You go anywhere. As best we could. Like, you know, it wasn't quite that simple, but Mm. um, definitely that was what made a difference. Mm -hmm. Having, and we were out on the ground a lot. So I think, yeah. I think people that were overly aggressive and not a 
accommodating to people that literally live there, bearing in mind we're on their turf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, had the wrong attitude mm-hmm. about how they were going to get themselves out of there alive. Yeah. So because really and truly, regardless of what the higher commands say, your main and sole objective is just to get out the same way you came in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it ended up for me. Nothing else, really. It ended up for me being like a battle of just surviving. You spoke about earlier where you certain things. If the boss would come up with some idea, hair-brained idea, you'd have to tell him, "Boss, do you want to reconsider that?" (coughs) Yeah, because I think that was a good thing about the Marines, in my eyes, was that. As um, a point man, which I was, I wasn't at the beginning of the tour, but then I became the point, one of the point man, uh, men, sorry. And I had a good relationship with the boss and and my stripey. And if they said we're doing this, and I was like, that's not a good idea, I could have an honest conversation with them, and then we would work it out from there. It was no issue. There was no like you can't tell me what to do. There never ever was. There was no issue with that, and that's what that was a good thing that found in the Marines is they would listen to your opinion. Mm. Yeah, and that's that. Yes, that's what you want because yeah, I understand. That's what um, it's like with SF. Everybody kind of everybody speaks for themselves. Yeah, yeah, in that respect, I think. Yeah. Mm. And to the and like I told you earlier, to this day, they're my guys that were in charge of me, or even higher, but a lot higher than that. I still speak to to today. They're good, you know, good mm-hmm. blokes. Thinking soldiers, I call them. You went through a lot more than most of us, probably more than me in the sense of when I did two tours. Um, I had a debate with an officer the other day, and he was talking about women in the military, women on the front line. <laughs> What's your, when I say military, I don't, because the military is a big beast, just to let everybody know, it's a big beast, it's like a, you could say it's like a town, move, you need, you need everything in a town to run a town. There's a lot of working parts. Yeah, 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 a lot of working parts, you need post office, drivers, medics, military police for argument's sake, lots of different people, mechanics, all the rest of it. So anybody who's got the mentality to go, yeah. But when it comes to the the front line up and personal, living down and dirty for months on end, in a shell scrape I've done that, for instance, (laughs) do you think it's ideal to have the opposite sex? Considering we don't keep all I, the men in... I think uh, it depends on too many factors to actually... I think I've had uh, particular experiences that make me... Oh, I'm not going to form a like full opinion on everyone in the military on whether women should be there based on what's happened to me mm-hmm. because okay. because I know 
there are some fantastic women who are in, in similar situations to me who perform fantastically. However, when I was there, any um, one medic, an MP um, that we had attached, it was a terrible idea and didn't work at all. Um, for a number of reasons, but I wouldn't say I couldn't tell you if that was normal across the board. Mm. But my experience was bad. <laughs> and they shouldn't have been there. I, we had three medics. Two yeah. guys, one was women. One I tried to sell to the Afghans. It went out to the Afghan, they tried to sell it to the Afghan army. <laughs> <laughs> Afghan army, for those people who like equal opportunities, as in um, gay, you get a lot of the locals who um, like to play for the home team, you could put it that way. And uh, there was a, one of our medics, was a young guy, little short guy, blonde hair, blue eyes, but he's very young looking. And the Afghan army were looking at him. <laughs> And like pointing him up. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, I realised they're looking at him. I mean, we shouldn't even laugh about it because I'm pretty sure they just abused, like the sexual abuse that went on inside oh, yeah. the Afghan National Army is pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. appalling. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and at some point, that'll probably come out and <laughs> <laughs> be a thing that should definitely be spoken about. <laughs> But long story we, short, we were happy with that. Yeah, I, I just tried to, I just had a joke. I said to them, no, you know, you give me $100. They said, no, you give me, we take him for $5. I said, no, no, you give me 50 They said, 10 I said, right, you give me 20 They went, no, no, no. I said, yeah, you come, touch, he, he good, he ready. Oh. <laughs> and I held him like this, I picked him up, so he's really little. And he goes, no, they will rape me. <laughs> but that's my point. They actually would have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, I know. It's, uh... But the funny thing is, I didn't see him on the patrol again. Yeah. He refused to go out. Yeah, I'm not. He refused. <laughs> but back to the thing is, the, the girl of the medic, she had more... Um, drive more yeah, yeah, yeah. things, yeah. but she froze. Yeah, so that, was, that was the issue we had. Yeah, she froze. Was that we may as well not have and had a medic. The other two medics, well, one ran off, would refuse to go out, and the other one decided he's not going out as well. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, well, that was, we should have had commander. That, was the, that was the issue we had, was that we had some bad injuries, really heavy contacts, and we had no medic because she couldn't do it. So we ended up with no medic for the rest of the tour. Really? Yeah. But surely they could Apart have... from our commando medic, who was in the main base, who went out to as much as he could, but there's only That's one. That's after There's one guy, you know? Yeah. And, it, and he was fat, like, he was amazing. But how are you supposed to spread in between? And I suppose everyone? all those people who come into the surgeon... They don't want to put a surgeon on, but it's a medic, isn't it? Oh no, yeah, yeah they, they, couldn't, they couldn't do that. Yeah, because it's too valuable. 
Everything, everything but, the, but the, the guys, uh, you know, I did a lot of med stuff. The guys are fantastic. We did the best we could when we're out on the ground, and you know what it's like when you're under heavy contact. It's all about just getting them out of there as quick as possible. Mm. So sometimes the stuff we could do was good enough to get them to where we needed to, so then they could be looked mm. after. Um, mm. And I've never like. Doing casualties, casualty evacuations with the Marines, like the sense of urgency, what those guys did, and what I did in extreme circumstances, like still to this day, I like take my hat off to the blokes because they go above and beyond to save people. Hundred percent. I hear that. That whole that whole thing from contact to injury. Yeah. So all the way back to Germany, I remember one guy said he got he was driving through Helmen in uh, Wimmick, it was Wimmick yeah. this time, and they hit an IED or mine. He got flown free from the vehicle. Yeah. About 150 meters, he landed, and when he woke up, he was in Germany. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a very good team from your team because oh, yeah. some of his people died to the hero mm. to everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing I'd say about the Americans as well. They would come in in Blackhawks under any contact, any uh, like as bad as it could be. They would come in, get a guy. And that's why they lost the helicopter, because they would literally come in in any mm. conditions to try and save people. So although we were very different, they went, like, especially the medic guys, they were coming in under like crazy conditions to try and save people. Mm. It was impressive. Yeah, I can't believe it. But that's what you need, don't you? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need some backup, yeah. I think they also have that mindset or they have the freedom because they have more equipment yeah yeah 100% yeah so there were quite a few occasions where we couldn't get British helicopters to where we were because they couldn't they you know, wouldn't want to lose the asset which makes complete sense not really they should have left them off yeah yeah I mean yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that would have been yeah, a good start. Yeah, but I would say they could have. Uh, they had two helos in um, in back in England flying officers. Yeah, around. yeah, of course, yeah. You could have been helping yeah. the guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as simple as my uh, as what you know. I was one man on the ground normally at the front, either getting shot at or dealing with stuff. I can't see. The whole bigger picture, you know. Even though I've got a good idea, I just think there's <laughs> leaks of leaks of corruption. To know this, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some money definitely being leaked around. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. What was your first contact like? Um, I was carrying ECM blue, which you carried that. But you're point man. No, point, I was point man later on. I just carried ECM blue and ECM brown and what's the other one? <laughs> uh, ECM blue, brown. Or was it black? I can't remember. 
I used to discuss a donkey. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, and then the Gobbo. Do you know my up, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a donkey at the beginning. And I'm a big donkey, so with all that kit, I sink into the ground yeah, up to my no, knees. Yeah, so I'm just wading yeah. through that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I remember one time I read the stone. Slow down! We're not fucking donkeys! <laughs> So we just lost the plot. And so then the, cool, the last cool food didn't want to. Where is he from? He's from uh, Georgia or something. He didn't want to. Um, he didn't. He's just like, ah, you just keep up. And then once he gave, were given ECM. Oh, maybe not. Suddenly, <laughs> no, suddenly, no, he changes. He changes tune. Yeah. And she had ladders. And that's the yeah. thing that made it the girl. Yeah, it wasn't comfortable. She couldn't carry her own equipment and, and yeah. help us. So I was carrying... Yeah, all sorts, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yeah, so my first contact, uh, we were in... You could tell straight away when we walked into this area. We were, like, further than what the rifles had gone previously. We were already further than them within the first week. Um... Fur, we'd patrolled further than they had in that whole tour mm -hmm. and we'd already gone way beyond the white flags you know, mm -hmm. the Taliban area and although we always, we were always told, oh, there isn't a flep, you know forward line of enemy troops, it's a 360 battle, and we were like, okay but if we step over here <laughs> we get shot out straight away anyway, we went into one of these areas and fucking hell, rounds start coming in I'm like laying on the ground, like digging in with my eyelids. <laughs> and then I remember, uh, then we, we were basically breaking contact back. We were like, we we're just going to pull out. We, just, we couldn't really see what was going on. There was no like firing points. And then I had to run for, like, it was endless with all that weight on. But I felt strong. Yeah. And I remember getting back. And my corporal at the time was like, you were really strong, like, in that engagement. And you came back and you were still, like, all right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'll feel okay type of thing. Because at the beginning when we got there, it was so hot, I was struggling straight away. Mm. Um, but then I think I adjusted. So by the time we come under contact, mm -hmm. when I was there, the lads had already been in another contact um, a few days before that I wasn't there. Um, and then I started to feel a bit more. I started after a bit of acknowledgement, then I started to feel a little bit better. <laughs> but the, the beginning was a struggle. Mm -hmm. And then when we were out on a few more patrols and I was still carrying all that kit, I then found a few bombs and highlighted them that we'd already walked past. And that's when they realised, oh, maybe we should give them a go at the front. Because I was still spotting stuff, even mm. carrying all that gear. And yeah, you know what? Yeah. You know what your brain's like when you're carrying all yeah, that yeah. gear. But that's the that's the acronym for commander, isn't it? Control yeah. of muscular mind and nerves during operation. Yeah. Basically, you know, when you're stressed, then you're. Really I can still operate. Can you yeah. still operate yeah. mentally? And I think once they realised that, then I was able to um, be. Sniper bait in the river for my next one. <laughs> <laughs>
And then I went on little skirmishes and trying to mm. hunt out snipers and stuff like that as the bait. That, you know what's funny about when you say you were trying to get your eyelids down into the... Dig in, yeah. Dig in, is that there's that classic um, statement in Full Metal Jacket when he goes... You want to get so close to the earth, you ask God to remove your shirt button so you can get closer to the ground. That's <laughs> no, true. <laughs> yeah, when you get those cracks, the rounds are cracking. Yeah. Or whizzing. Yeah, yeah. So I just. Then all of a sudden it's real. Yeah. Yeah, what point? Did it really become real to you? Because I don't think it became real to me for a long time. Even when I was oh, picking up bu body parts, yeah. it still was like, uh, there's a bit of a leg, better go and pick them up. <laughs> what point did it become real? No, I think I was pretty, I was pretty aware it was real. I think, no, I think I was pretty aware of what was going on. Uh, I, Quite early. I wouldn't say I wasn't aware, but it just didn't seem like... I don't know, it didn't seem like anything really out there. <laughs> for me. Yeah. I don't know why. Definitely did for me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why. I always wondered, oh, what is that? that just, In what terms do you mean? Nothing, the, the, not really wasn't out like, ah... Oh, when that... When the end, the surfer got blown up and he walked on the IV or whatever they laid and his leg went either way and people were trying to tell everybody to get up so we can move and he wasn't getting up but um, it was like, oh we've got to go and pick, find his legs yeah and um, so uh, it wasn't like oh, well, it wasn't like anything comes in, I just go find his legs. Yeah, just then we can go, yeah. Then we can yeah. go home. Yeah, but you're probably quite desensitised. Yeah, that's the word, desensitised. It wasn't yeah. bothered. Wasn't yeah, bothered. I was... Um, by the end, I was very desensitised. But I wasn't earlier on. Mm. America did a survey in Iraq. And they said, depending... Uh, what they did, depending on the person's background, what they found is that the children who come from perfect families in like suburbs have a lot of issues being at war more than the people who come from, let's like, say, mm. council states or trade, yeah, trade yeah. trust gangland areas. And I've had a mixture of both. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. It didn't know. bother me. Yeah. If you see what I mean. The, um, I don't feel like anything bothered me. But it obviously did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I suffered for a long time afterwards. Yeah, you get that angry. <laughs> well, anger or uh, flashbacks for years of certain situations. So clearly stuff did affect me but the way I dealt with it is what saved me so although I suffered with it after um, the way I was 
behaving and how I operated there was what kept me alive. So mm-hmm. it was detrimental to myself later on, but it meant that I survived. So kind of, and then obviously now I see it as the things I've suffered with are now like my power. So although I suffered it once I've worked it out and actually that's actually been a positive thing later on down the line has enabled me to do like the things I now do. And, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. So although <coughs> at the time I didn't feel like I was feeling anything, clearly it had an effect. Mm-hmm. So was there any point where you thought, before we move on, that this might be it for you? I wasn't going to die. Yeah. Never. Okay, so you always saw a light at the end of the tunnel. And we spoke about earlier. Weirdly positive. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think, I, you know what I think? I think it's, it's, we spoke about earlier before we yeah. turned the camera on and everything, is that um, the ability to slow things down. Yeah. And if you notice, um, not putting ourselves on the part of the best martial artists and things like that, but if you look at boxers, for example, yeah, yeah. it's all about the hands. Yeah. Those are the only things you have to worry about. But a really good boxer has the ability so even though his opponent is jabbing really fast, he can slow down oh, the, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing and he can yeah. see, is he bringing his elbow out, is he twisting, is he overreaching, yeah. is he dropping his guard, all these things, and yeah. how does he come back, does he come back fully, all of those, and I believe that we both saw it in the same light, where, okay, this man's doing this, this is going on here, that's going on there, rounds may be coming in, but... I'm just able to slow it down, work out what's going on, decide what I'm going to do, and act. Yeah, yeah. In in my in the worst situations that I dealt with, um, was when stuff I could slow everything. So you know, like I was telling you when I stepped over a bomb, and I was like something in my brain's going, whoa, <laughs> uh, I'm like, right, slow down, oh, okay, there's a pressure plate, turning my foot back, get in the river, you know, I'm still getting shot at as well, but I was able to real slow down, oh, there's a tripwire, and move on, do everything in a methodical way, even under extreme pressure, and that was what saved me, hmm. but also probably created good amounts of trauma. But my ability to slow it down and still think mm. was what stopped me from getting blown up. Do you think... And don't ever discount a good bit of luck. <laughs> because <laughs> there's definitely some luck involved. Well, my, my, my people would say God's on your side. 100%. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you think the... Because what you're saying is really fascinating. But what I'm also thinking in my mind is like, the same way we need, maybe it's how we look at things to how we decide whether it's going to be stressed later on. Mm. And what I'm saying is, it's like, if we think, oh, this is exciting, this is fun and games, 
then maybe later on it may not seem so much as a yeah. thing. It was just like, oh, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, and I did have yeah. times where I was like, it was fun. When people didn't get hurt mm. on our side. Mm. <laughs> and, for example, cutting down the trees. Yeah. I was on big bun line, big row of trees, big field, four or five hundred metres, that's where the Taliban is, firing at me whilst I'm cutting down trees. Now that was a fun day, and I cut down loads of trees whilst getting shot at. To me... You getting covered a... fire? Huh? Are you getting covered? Yeah, 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 they're laying down fire as well, mm -hmm. and most of the time I couldn't hear, so I turn around and everyone's like, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you're just getting like... But you sitting out there on your own? No, 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 I had guys with me on yeah. the bun line firing okay. back, oh. but I was just in the ditch cutting the trees down. Um, also looking out for tripwires. Yeah, also, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I did that for a while. It was good. Well, for a couple of hours or days? No, like days, yeah. Every day you was getting out there? Yeah, some days I would literally go on patrol with just a chainsaw and a pistol. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> how many, wait a minute, how many magazines you had for that pistol? Yeah, not many. We weren't that far out. Did you yeah. No, didn't even have a rifle then. One day, <laughs> I asked to, I met um, Dan, what fog was that? Jackson. Jackson. And you ever see those Mexican movies where they've got bandoliers? and they've got the rounds. Now there's something called UGL, which is uh, under, under grenade, slung grenade launcher. And they're like grenades, they're shaped a bit like... They're 40 mil, yeah. 40 mil. Yeah, 40 mil. Yeah, you 40 put them in the bottom of your yeah. rifle, you can fire them. But there's loads of them. He's got belts all around this. So I've gone to him, oh, give, me one of, give me one of those belts or some of those things. And he's gone, no, I need these. <laughs> And I was so surprised, but I looked at his face and I thought, you know what, let me ask again. Because this man really... You knew me well as yeah, well. Yeah, really mean, really mean. <laughs> so that's why I asked him, does he have any, did he have any UGLs in that respect? Yeah, because yeah, I was out on patrol a lot and being the point man, you always get targeted, not always get targeted, but rounds are coming real quick. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I'd do was get a UGL off as close as I could to the firing point mm. to put some clearance on. Was it quick, easy to identify the firing point at first? No. Uh, no. It's just in that direction that you, so yes, that's what I found. Really difficult to identify firing points. Mm. Until it got closer and then stuff was really kinetic and then obviously then it mm. was, you know, you're very closer. How, what's the closest that you've got? If you've got like, 10 metres with these guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's real close. That's yeah, like I mean, we, 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 lost close. A, we lost a guy just from a uh, guy literally. We have people spraying around the corner. We have people trying to come into our base. Um, we have stuff like super close. But as you know, in the green zone, 
in some so areas. You were bo- borderline in the forest, though, weren't you? Mm, yeah, so, so people could get up on you real close. I didn't understand that, though. Yeah, that's mad. That's what, see, the old flame fire and just burn that whole section <laughs> down. No, but sometimes I would be uh, in a particular base, a real small one. I would sit on the grenade machine gun and we would be getting firing points all over, like, attacking us. And you'd just be, like, hosing. Just like one of those commando machines. Just trying to get the firing points. Yeah. But we were, we were getting heavily, heavily attacked. I remember, was that in Jackson? I'm not... There was, um... They were getting smashed. One time, I think it was Jackson. I can't remember. What it was, was Pile. The main one. The, there's like a main Jackson, one. Yeah. yeah. And then Pile was down the track from there, so yeah. it got all the incoming. So, yeah, it yeah. took all the abuse. Yeah, so coming towards. They Jackson. were getting hammered, and yeah. they had a Fujian GPMG gunner. Yeah. And there's a there's a woman in there. I'm not sure if she's some officer or something, but she was like always with this other officer, like babysitting kind of thing, and. Um, <coughs> She, I remember, all I remember hearing was like, watch and shoot, watch and shoot. And then rounds coming in and goes, all right, rapid, fire. Then, yeah, super rapid. But <laughs> 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 don't worry about changing the barrel, we'll just, yeah. just load and shoot, load and shoot. Because they're the mortarmen. Yeah. Not their mortarmen. No, not the Taliban mortarmen. Yeah, dropping them in. Yeah. And it's getting closer to the point. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, super rapid. <laughs> the Fijians are... Picking it on the move. Yeah. It was just like that every day down there. Mm. And that's where, that's where we lost most guys as well. Patrolling around that area. I'm surprised they didn't want to strengthen your your lots. We did inside the inside the patrol base. We didn't. One guy got shot in the head, but uh, ricocheted on the helmet. Um, they had we had some UGLs come inside, and guys got a bit fractured in the leg. But actually, from that base when we were defending, I'm pretty sure we didn't lose one guy. It was only when we went out on the ground. But the actual defence of the patrol base, the patrol base ended up getting denied. We denied it. We blew it up and had to leave. Like it got that bad. But we didn't actually lose a guy from there. That I remember. I hope I'm not wrong. Mm. Not from my truth, anyway. Do you think HQ or command could have dealt with the whole thing better? I uh, the particular patrol where we lost um, American and another R&R guy, John um, we had already I had already patrolled through that area a few times I don't think we should have been going through there Yeah, because we set patterns and all they do is they, they just put, you're being watched the whole time. So if you do the same thing over and over again, mm. what's going to happen? Yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, from my understanding, there's some rows when it's just, 
It wasn't that they did the same routes, they did a rookie at the day before, the night before, mm. or whatever. Or keep eyes on. Yeah. If you don't have eyes on an area and then you don't walk in it, you need to understand that the likelihood is that it's going to be not right. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got eyes on an area, how are you going to protect it? Mm-hmm. And then to do to walk the same route a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even me, when we evacuated everyone that was injured, there was five injured, uh, like all of them badly, just to get into there, you know, we had to avoid multiple bombs, mm-hmm. multiple IEDs just to get to get to them to then bring them out. Mm-hmm. You're literally snaking your way round more IEDs. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, just a shit show. So, coming home, how was that, when you were told it's time for us to go home, how was that for you? Um, From what I remember, I'm pretty sure we left just after the elections, was it? Yeah, we all got payways, didn't it? No, 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 the elections in Sangin, the local elections. Okay. So we op- we occupied a compound, some locals' compound, and we were basically overwatched. We had a mosque, a load of area, and we were basically stopping people coming in to the uh, like the local village where people were coming out to vote for the new. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they had anyone turn out to vote, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was in there. We were like on our own, completely isolated. It was quite nice, we got attacked a bit, but it wasn't too bad. Um, And then we literally come back and they were like, yeah, you're off, the bird's coming, you're off now. And I'm like, thank fuck for that. Because by then I was was just in pure survival mode. And you could only operate on, that survival mode is like operating on the last fumes. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do, by the end, the last month, I was literally like, just survive, just do everything you can, as well as you can. I was always, I was always happy to put my hand up, I volunteer for anything, I would literally do anything, because I knew I could do it, but I wasn't, you know, I needed to make sure everything I did was spot on, done properly, I checked everything, Um, I was just really alert by then. Because I just kept getting blown up or shot or was involved in so many contacts. Mm. <laughs> but you got your good write up. I got my good write up. Recommended yeah. for special forces. Yeah. Which, very, very um, impressive. I heard about that. Cheers, son. Well done to that. <laughs> you did read my report, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> In Jack, when we were in Jackson. And what did I say? I've got a terrible memory. Go remind me, what did I say? Did I, I think it was, uh, uh, I didn't get one. Uh, oh, how did you get that? I didn't get one like that. <laughs> That's that like it. Special Forces Officer, what is this? <laughs> yeah, there was a. Uh, Probably an element of 
I'm not sure. If, yeah, you could say it's jealousy. I don't know. That was not. It's not jealousy. It was just like I was surprised. But I was thinking, what happened? That why he's got this. And now I hear. I think, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put through all this. We've got to give it something. Yeah, and all of that. That yeah, I think that was. I think by then, yeah, yeah, I'd gone from the RMR soldier who had. <laughs> What I'd class as minimal training. Uh, like the, 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 everyone that trained me, RMR was fantastic. Like they're, yeah, they're great guys, yeah. and I just I feel like could have definitely I needed a bit more before I turned up. I hadn't even fired the GPMG before I turned up into theatre, and then next minute I've got it in my shoulder. <laughs> No, well, you're not the only one. That no, I, I know. I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I haven't used night, night goggles. Yeah, same. Goggles. And I was, I and I was sent out in a two-man convoy. Yeah, yeah. With them. <laughs> <laughs> the world looks kind of fluorescent green yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. I never spoke in my life, but I kind of yeah. remember what it's going to be like. Yeah. So you got, was it? What, what medal did you get from Americans? Uh, bronze star with that. Bronze stars. So just to give people an idea, the bronze stars below the silver star, and the silver stars below the medal of honor. And the medal of honor is no, that's the highest. The highest. So where's the purple star? Purple the heart? purple heart's for if you get injured. Okay. Mine's for. So you've got one below. One, two below. Yeah, two below the top tier. That's really good. So tell us about that story before we move on. Um. It's not a nice story. <laughs> Lost really good friend. Um, uh, big patrol was out, and uh, they got hit by multiple IEDs. Um, so had Americans attached, and guys from my troop, uh, and also the troop next to us. Um, we were like the QRF quick reaction force that came out to assist them because they had so many they had five casualties. Um, we came out, um, I was point man, I had my corporal behind me and as we were working our way there there was another explosion like quite close over the river um, and then we were moving pretty quick. I went through the river up and there was a wall in front of me and like a gap and as I came through, I literally stepped and was something was going off in my brain. And I was like, this is not the right. So then I took my foot back, had a little sweep in my hand, and there was a pressure plate right there. So then anyway, I have to call back to everyone else, like, back up, because there's another bomb here. Get back into the river, get into the river, find another tripwire with a grenade on. Uh, Leighton, the other point man who was with me the whole tour, fantastic guy. He found another one, and then we get up, and it's just fucking nightmare. Like guys with missing limbs. There's a big bomb crater from an old 500 pound bomb. There's a guy down there with like big face injuries. You've got mate John, who's just an absolute mess. Poor American guy's been like hurt bad. And then we just start trying with my corporal us trying to organize getting everyone out i have guys uh, a, another mate of mine luke had him on a ladder we were like running with him under fire <laughs> on a 
ladder to get them back, like another 300 meters to where we would then pass them over to get them out. And yeah, so I helped with four of the five casualties and got them all back out. So that was the first incident. And then we scrapped with the Taliban after that for another hour afterwards. Um, so that, and then I was cutting trees down again, climbing. <laughs> and, uh, all in one day? No, 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 that, that was that day. That was enough for one day. Um, yeah, sad, sadly on that day we lost John Crooks, uh, Justice, who was an American, and then we had uh, three bad casualties as well. Um, so yeah, bad day. But it could have been a lot worse because honestly that ground was just riddled with IEDs everywhere. Then on another occasion, I was up a tree, cutting the tree down uh, so that the base had better vision on like a, an area. So I'm up the tree and I'm looking down, looking in this river, I could just see tripwires like literally tripwires all the way along they've been snagged like with bits of rubbish in the in the river so you could see you could see the tripwires basically you could only really see them from up the tree when you lay when you're down they're like in the water you can't see them at all so then they asked me dan do you fancy going out tomorrow and i was like what to do <laughs> and they're like oh we want you to take out this american bomb disposal guy and go and find all these bombs that you've told us about and i was like yay can't wait and this american guy was a hurt locker guy based on the movie hurt locker dad whether that's true or not i don't know but mm. he was he that's what i was told uh he was like i heard about him from some friends in alpha and he had been out on their patrols and he was literally pulling ieds out of Clearly, he was like a high-end bomb disposal guy. He was finding like ones made of wood that had like low metal content. Um, yeah, he'd been flown in just to deal with this threat, basically. And anyway, we had a little briefing in the morning. I said to him, are you really sure you want to go out there and do this by hand? Because they had devices by them that they could like lay out, you know, that explode anything that's nearby and did you really need to be there anyway he assured me that we don't really know what we're doing and that he knows what he's doing and i was like okay go out and patrol i take him to where it is and i say look there's a bomb there there's a bomb there i could see by then i'd been there six months and i was good at i like pid and positive positively identifying where the bombs were i said they're there they're there there so him and his like number two set off hands and knees they get to the first IED starts diffusing it yeah I've got a jug right he's like pulling it out of the ground snip and I was like fucking hell that's impressive pulling it out of the ground and then we get a load of movement from civilians down the road so I'm like looking out just in case someone's going to spray us then he's like, yeah, okay, we've got one. I've got the corporal behind me, another guy. There wasn't many of us and we were being overwatched because we were quite close to the main base. We had guys on roofs overwatching us. And he kept saying to me, keep your eyes down there because there's people moving all the time. Then he moves on to the next one. I'm like, yeah, there's definitely another, another bomb down there. So I'm like going along with him. He's crawling on his hands again and then just goes up like straight away 
How close are you to him? Uh, five meters. So it's direction, directional going up. Yeah, it went went up like that. So I've been knocked back. About how far? Uh, yeah, far. I don't know. Ten meters or so. Off my feet. Um, just, I didn't really know what was going on. Anyway, I just get up, switch my balloon on because it was just then it was just like drilled in, drilled into me. Just lights come on, and I'm like, right, am I okay? Goblins, yeah, I'm fine. Couldn't see anything. I wasn't hurting. The only thing was my ears were ringing. I turn around. Did you have those ear deaths in the moldy ear deaths? I didn't have anything. I just didn't trust any of it. I had to hear all the time. I just couldn't get used to anything that was in my ears and not be able to hear if someone was like creeping around the corner or mm. I just didn't I just couldn't do it. Mm. I was a little I had tinnitus for a little bit afterwards, <laughs> a few years maybe. But it was my own fault for not wearing them but at the same time. Yeah, you do what's good for you. Yeah, I had to. I had to take mine out because it was making me overheat. Yeah, and that, yeah, that does happen too. I need, yeah. I need bath that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh. So anyway, I turn around, everyone's a mess. Um, the number two guy is like, I need, I need to find him, I need to find him. Damn. Uh, anyway, I call over to my hierarchy and the guys that are overwatch, can you see him? Like, does anybody know where he is? Um, but by this time I can tell that the number two guy's not right. He's like starting to run all over the place. So we had to get hold of him. Then I said, get behind me. I start moving. I find one bomb, got to go around that. Another one, get around that. And I'm basically snaking the guys across the river, up a bank to get them to safety and up. Um, and yeah, it's literally snaking them bombs just to get just to get the guys out um, we get everyone out up a ladder and away and then I'm like right can anyone see the body someone calls out oh I can see something that looks like a ragdoll and I was like yeah that'll be in there <laughs> I'm like fuck's sake uh, look I look down and yeah there he is Obviously, it's not good. Yeah. Um, they found his helmet like a long way away, in you know another part, a long way away. Uh, somehow, um, clearly, I was very lucky. He took the whole blast, yeah. and nothing Wait, on nothing. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, like that but yeah. nothing on him even hit me. Mm. I, I do feel like I was pretty lucky because mm -hmm. the helmet went past me, mm. and you know at that speed. Like, mm. took my head off. Um, so I go to go and get him. Again, I'm looking at the ground and I'm like, fuck's sake, there's just more <laughs> stuff that I'm like, there's clearly something there. And then uh, my stripey smudge goes, Dan, we're getting you out. You're not going to go and get So, And I get out. And that was it. That was that <laughs> lovely experience. That's what the medal was for. Yeah, for those two. Mm -hmm. um, for those two events and then to be fair in the citation it says for consistent um, 
and dedication to duty, mm -hmm. written in the extreme American way. Mm. Is there anything that you would have done different over this whole tour? Other than the obvious things like, uh, like say to the patrol that was out there, don't go there. Uh, even though, you know, most of the time I didn't really know what was fully going on all the time. Other than having hindsight and saying don't go there so I didn't lose friends and people didn't die, which, to be honest, was out of my control, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done anything personally different. I feel like I put my all into it. Um, especially when it came to trying to save people, contacting the enemy. I feel like I did the best I could with what I was then. Mm -hmm. I'm content with how it went and I sleep well at night. Okay. Even though it was carnage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that story, the, the whole, hearing the whole journey, Dan. And sure, next time we do the interview, which will be based on the, the re readjusting mm. uh, to civilian life, which will probably be another two hours. Yeah, easily. And stuff. And then there'll probably be a third part about the career of where you are now and how you're going in life. Yeah, man. But thanks a lot. No, dude, it's been absolutely awesome to see you. Genuinely. And okay. Thank you. <laughs> we hope that episode enhanced your life. We post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channel. Don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episode.